Welcome to the Feature Film Podcast. This week we're talking about a White House in World War II. Enjoy the show. Hello, welcome to the first ever Feature Film Podcast. My name is Ethan Snyder and I'm with... Kyler Redding. And we are here to talk about a movie that we watched today. So in the intro I said we were talking about um, a White House, but we were really just talking about Casablanca. It was a really good film. I actually really enjoyed it. It starts out with the movie, like with the main character, Rick. He keeps to himself, but he is a man that like really knows how to do business, but he's very stone cold of a, of a guy. Yeah, he's definitely a scoundrel kind of character. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it surprised me, the ending especially, and we'll get to that. But um, when, when, we kept, when we were watching it, I just kept thinking, you know, this is, he really seems like a Han Solo type of guy from mm-hmm. Star Wars. Um, he seems like he doesn't. He really doesn't give a rip what people think. What one thing that really interested me was um, people at the beginning and even throughout the movie they kept saying, "No one can impress Rick," mm-hmm. and then you know someone partly impressed Rick, and then someone actually finally impressed Rick enough to make Rick sit down and have a drink with him. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, well, going off of what you said, um, he's a very stone cold like face of a guy, but. The first time he ever smiled in the entire movie. It was actually part way through the movie. Yeah, like it like he's a very serious gentleman. I'm trying to find it. Um It was when they were in the uh, flashback. It was when they were in the flashback. Yeah, in Paris. Um So for those of you who don't know the movie Casablanca, it's it's a it's a story, it takes place in World War Two. Um and Hitler has taken over. He's trying to conquer the world just like actually happened in World War II. And everyone's trying to get to America, to freedom. And Rick is the guy to go to, apparently. Whenever you're traveling, the, you, you stop in Casablanca, which is in French Morocco. So part of the movie is spoken in French because it's it takes place in a, in a French area. Which I really did appreciate because it let you more in on the culture of and let you actually be more of like... Because, you know, whenever you watch a movie, it kind of takes you away from reality. Yeah. It kind of took me to Casablanca. Like, just like the little things, like the culture and the, the mm-hmm. language that they spoke. Yeah. Like, throughout the entire movie. So, I thought that was actually a pretty cool idea. That yeah. To that. Um, and so, whenever you go to Casablanca, the people who are trying to get there, it, it's a it's like a, it's a rest point, basically, try, while you try to get to Lisbon. Mm-hmm. So, you can go to America. And um, so, Rick owns a cafe. It's called Rick's Cafe American. And uh, did you know the movie was actually based on a play? No, I did not. Yeah, so a little history. Shout out to the Soundtrack Show podcast at uh, um, iHeartRadio. And they, that podcast they did on Casablanca did a really good job of explaining some of the history behind it. So um, a couple of people actually wrote a play called Everybody Comes to Rick's. And if you paid attention, you, you probably missed it because you didn't know. But um, there's actually someone in the movie says the says a line that says everybody comes to rick's oh i did remember that and then i remember you actually calling it oh, out did I? you're like so, oh but that's yeah. good <laughs> yeah yeah it's because the play was called everybody comes to rick's and no one actually made the play but it was written mm-hmm. uh, no one produced it but it got shopped around to different the script got shopped around to different um movie studios uh ended up being at warner brothers now the warner brothers were jewish and they'd already made some anti-nazi movies uh, in the 40s. So to to them, this script was a great fit. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So yeah, uh, everybody comes to Rick's was the play. Now, everyone actually did come to Rick's in Casablanca mm-hmm. uh, because it was just the place to be if you're if you're looking for a place to stay while trying to get passage to mm-hmm. Casablanca. Uh, and so the story takes place around two people, Rick and Ilsa, mm-hmm. a uh, scorned lover, I suppose. I guess Rick is really the scorned lover in this one. Yeah, I would say so. Um, but go ahead. I was going to say, like, throughout the movie, um, you, so, with the scorn lover thing, that's what we were talking about with the flashback. And then when they went to the back, so, she comes into town. Yeah. And, and I'm talking about in present day, she comes into town, and they have a little bit of history, a little bit of tension. And when they, you know, they did, like, a little introduction to, to them, and then they did a flashback of, like, what that tension came from. And then that, that they were previous lovers and what basically led them to the point to where they are in, today. To when they meet up in the film. Like, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Man, the, the film was really confusing. Oh, I agree. I agree. Um, <laughs> just because you, you start off and you're introduced to a handful of characters mm-hmm. that you don't know their names. They aren't said right out. Mm-hmm. A lot of movies now, I think, they try and introduce the characters really easily. Mm-hmm. Um you know, like whenever in Star Wars Episode Seven, um, Han and Chewie they walk on board of the Falcon, and for some reason, in case you've been under a rock for the past forty <laughs> years, uh, they actually introduce at least Chewie and then Han. Mm-hmm. Uh, Han walks in, you know, his blasters out, and he goes, "Chewie, we're home." Oh you know? yeah. So it introduces that character immediately, so you're not just standing there. Who's the old man in the furry thing? You know? <laughs> yeah. And so, but this movie, Casablanca, didn't do that at all, which mm-hmm. kind of made it hard to follow at first. But I agree. I agree. That's... They did eventually like, you know, pick up on names and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Which I would say about, I would probably up to the flashback, I was kind of a little bit confused, just going with what you said with it being a little confusing. But when they did do the flashback, it was a little bit more of a, kel- a character development, kind of like a prequel, if you will. Yeah. So it's kind of like... Um, before the flashback, I had no idea what was going on. And then after, I'm like, oh, this makes perfect sense. This is a good idea of who Rick's character is. And now it's, um, now it, I don't know, it just revealed a lot about who Rick is and his cafe and his employees and how far they went back. So You know what's interesting? You mentioned character development. Rick's character development was crazy throughout this film. I agree. And it was really cool because this film took place over like two or three nights. Um but out of his entire life, the most character development apparently happened in these like two or three days. Because mm-hmm. uh, when we're introduced to him, he was a stone cold guy, didn't give a rip about anybody, mm-hmm. didn't drink with any of his patrons ever, even if they requested. Um, and he was just kind of a boss that kind of seemed to lean back in the shadows and everyone knew who he was, but no one knew him. You know, mm-hmm. and as, as the main character Ilsa comes in, that's just, it ends up being turned on its head because she introduces us to a side of Rick we, no one has seen uh, in four years, maybe, mm-hmm. by that point. Um, so it's interesting to watch him go from this stone-cold scoundrel who's in charge of a illegal gambling uh, cafe to this very tender-hearted man who, at the end, helps, spoiler alert, helps... Laszlo and Ilsa escape mm-hmm. um, and it really shows that it, it, it's a cool journey to watch him go from hard-hearted man to a to a white knight you know 
So do you think the turning point was when, um, what's her name again? Ilsa. Ilsa. When Ilsa came into the picture? Oh, definitely. For sure. For sure. I was thinking about that because if you go back to, there's a certain scene in the movie to where um, after when they meet again in the present time, it was after closing hours in his cafe. And he's sitting there at a table with his um, friend, Sam, who is the piano player at the cafe. And um, you see how depressed and how angry he was. And he just wanted, he wanted her back again. And then that's when it goes into the flashback. That's when it tells you everything. And then when it comes back to the flashback, there she is. She's there. Oh, yeah. And then it kind of like, I guess that is the turning point of almost the entire film. Because, Mm -hmm. but you get to, throughout the entire film, you actually see Rick and his emotional side. Because before, he was just a stone-cold guy, and he, you know, expressionless. He was very distant. He was very, very, very distant. And throughout the film, he's almost ruled by his emotions afterwards, after when she comes back. Because he's not willing to cooperate or anything like that. Um, Air conditioning just kicked on. That's annoying. Mm-hmm. That's fine, though. Oh, there. It kind of calmed down. Okay. <laughs> um, but to watch Rick develop... Uh, through the through the film going from distant man to um, kind-hearted loving man was really cool um, I loved seeing the relationships but with the people he had like he mm-hmm. knew everybody mm-hmm. like he was the go-to guy in town mm-hmm. um, even if he was distant at first um, but seeing his relationship with Sam and seeing how Sam tried to comfort him knowing that their friendship was true and then seeing um, how throughout the movie you didn't know if if Rick was actually going to help Laszlo and Ilsa escape but at the end the end had such a twist it really did oh man having having Rick pulling a gun on officer Renault and saying you're going to sign these papers and let Victor and or Laszlo and Ilsa go was crazy and Rick stayed behind it's very like oh I can't even describe it almost like the lone wolf type of thing where he's willing to go on his own way for the greater good. And he's willing to leave his love behind that doesn't really love him anymore yeah. ever since then. And she um, went, ran away with the man that she married and she's been married to yeah. for the longest time. But yeah. uh, One thing I think about this movie is really... Um, I, I think it would have a stronger emotional context if we knew... Uh, our World War II history a little bit better. I agree. Because right in, in this day and age, you watch Casablanca, and it's an interesting story for sure, but you kind of feel distant from it. Mm-hmm. Um, y- you don't really understand the context or the emotions packed into this film because it's no, it's a very emotional film. Uh, and, because at that one point in the movie, in Rick's cafe, there was um, the the German soldiers were over in a corner. They were on the piano. They were playing the the German national anthem. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they were singing loud. And because it's French Morocco, obviously none of these people liked the Germans there. And so it made everyone feel uncomfortable in the entire place. And Rick hears it. And he was with Laszlo in his office. They were discussing trying to get passage. Laszlo was trying to convince him to, to convince Rick to give him passage to uh, America. And they hear this bad song, for lack of a better term. That's how they viewed it. It's a terrible song. They hear it from downstairs, and they go down and check it out. And then Rick goes up to the to the club band and says, play the Marseillaise, which is the French national anthem. And the, the 
Laszlo stands up next to the band and leads them singing, which is great because he's you know the symbol of hope in this movie almost, mm-hmm. um, the symbol of hope against the Nazi regime. And with all the emotional um, tension that was all around the room, everyone stood up, and it shows a shot of a woman crying and shaking. Dude, that made me tear up. I know, like, like it was pretty I was, powerful. I, I almost cried just seeing her have so much emotion at such a song of hope. Mm-hmm. Um, what's really, what's an interesting uh, comparison I think that they did with um, Rick and Laszlo. Rick was again very much um, a, a distant man, and Laszlo was very out in the open. He was very courageous, very bold, and they in the movie contrasted them very well. Um, the movie really showed how courageous Laszlo was. He went to an underground resistance meeting, you know, in the middle of the movie, or in the movie, and Rick kind of just hid in his cafe and got drunk no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how they presented each other throughout the film. But what's crazy, at the end, I mentioned it to you, they had Laszlo wearing a white hat. And, in you know, Western films and mov- or TVs, shows, whatnot, the good guys wear the white hats. And it's funny because I didn't even know that. Like, as we're watching the entire movie, it's you're pointing out all these things that you're so observant over of, like, the little small details. And I think that's really fascinating that you say that because Rick was wearing a black hat. Yeah. So it's like, what yeah. what is Rick then? Yeah. Well, what's really interesting, what I was getting at was um, Laszlo, while he was very out there and very in the public eye as I am the good guy fighting for your freedom, Rick was the guy in the shadows um, fighting for a much smaller freedom. Mm-hmm. He was fighting for uh, three people in a world war, you know, basically. Mm-hmm. He was fighting for himself and for Laszlo and for Ilsa, when, and Laszlo was out there fighting for everyone else. And that's kind of uh, how you see Rick change in the end. That's how he becomes a, a white knight. You know, you see that change in him from distant and hard-hearted towards anyone and everyone to um, seeing him take up the cause of two people who are trying to change the world, and that's how he can help mm-hmm. uh, in the end. Um, so how, how did the how did the story overall, this story of, um, of a love affair and a world war, affect you? Affect me personally? Yeah, like what, what affected you the most? Well, I'm a sucker for uh, <laughs> uh, dramas and um, chick flicks, you know. Okay. Like sad love stories, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But... I loved it. The reason why it affected like how I view like relationships like as a whole. It's like should it be this way? Should they be like in this crazy love yeah. interest where he loves the girl but the girl's already married yeah. and she, you know, back and forth banter. It's like should it be this way? And my mind was like no. Right. It shouldn't be this yeah. way. And that's why I think the ending was so good is because when it really shouldn't be that way. Rick made the big man choice and he just like you were yeah. saying with a white knight and he had to choose for her he had to choose a greater good yeah even against his own desire because he wanted to be with her it's oh yeah just he knew one it shouldn't be that way and two it's gonna be better if it's not that way yeah um, and it, it was great to see that character change in him mm-hmm. from doing what he wants to do and what's gonna help others um, but yeah that's great uh, go ahead. I was going to say with though the thing with Laszlo, um, I feel like he only used uh, Ilsa 
but he didn't at the same time to where it was the fact of like, I'm going to be married to you, but no one's going to know that I'm married to you. Oh, yeah. And that I think that was one of the biggest problems is because in the flashback, he was gone. Oh, yeah. He was out of the picture. Yep. And she felt alone. She felt sad. So, And then that's where Rick came into the picture. And that's when they were getting to know each other. Where were they? I think in Paris, in right? Paris. Yeah, uh-huh. okay. When the, when the Nazis invaded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, seeing all that. And he was kind of okay with it. Like, mm-hmm. okay, my wife kind of cheated on me. and But Rick didn't know at the time. Well, I don't think Victor knew. Well, he... He knew after the fact. But, I mean, how, how was Ilsa supposed to know? Oh, no... Well, what I'm saying is like, okay, okay, I guess that makes sense because throughout the entire movie, you hear he, well, not throughout the entire movie, just but a couple you, of scenes. But you heard that he, he had been shot and killed five times in five different places. Yeah. And, I mean, we don't put that together till later, but. I guess, it, so, yeah. So, I mean, it wasn't that Ilsa knowingly cheated on Victor. Mm-hmm. It was just Ilsa ended up falling in love with a man after she thought her husband had died. Yeah. Okay, that makes more sense to me now. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Victor used her at all. I think I think Victor truly loved her, but he was also a man devoted to the cause that yeah. he took up um, very much. Um, but af- I guess, yeah, after the fact, when you hear that your wife kind of cheated on you, he was still like best friends with He was gracious. Rick. Yeah, like he really, really was. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really good moral sense. Like that's why he was wearing the white hat. The white hat. Yeah, again, he was... He was very much the good guy in every respect. Mm-hmm. But it was interesting that he really wasn't the hero. Mm-hmm. You know, um, not to this movie. Mm-hmm. He was he was the good guy that everyone wanted. It almost makes it makes me think of The Dark Knight. Okay. Where at the very end of The Dark Knight, Batman takes the blame for Harvey Dent's death. Spoiler alert if y'all haven't seen this movie. From <laughs> Actually, you just watched it the other, the other day. So. Uh, yeah, Batman takes the blame for Harvey Dent's death, and he runs off, and the police chase him, and he becomes an outlaw. And it ends with this monologue from Commissioner Gordon, where he says, you know, he's, he's uh, I think, not the hero we needed, but the one we deserved, or something like mm-hmm, that. And mm-hmm. what was interesting was that it, the opposite was said about Harvey. It's the one we didn't deserve, but the one we needed. Uh, and the one the that one we got, we, or something like that? Something like that. It was, mm-hmm. it was interesting that... Um, Batman was contrasted with Harvey, much like Rick was contrasted with um, Laszlo. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm kind of confused. Is Laszlo, he's Victor. He's, it's Victor Laszlo. Okay. I just was referring I, to I him thought as so. Laszlo. I thought so. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. No, it's just like you said, um, the movie was just kind of hard to follow. Yeah. <laughs> Until about halfway and there's like, oh, it and all just kind of clicks. Everything ties together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it is a great film. That it really, I really enjoyed it a lot, mm-hmm. um, way more than I thought I would, because I saw it as a kid, and then I, I was bored to death. It was such a slow movie for for a kid. Yeah, but especially with the movie that it's kind of like that complex. Oh, absolutely, it's hard to follow. It's not a straightforward movie at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, uh, I think how the story affected me the most. I think it was more. It, it was the way that they told this story of hope was really cool um the scene that hit me the hardest was definitely the singing in the club when mm-hmm. all the patrons and uh the french soldiers overpowered the nazis with the singing of the Marseillaise. um instead um yeah, it was a moving moment definitely but yeah that's how it affected me um, it was a good movie i get honestly was 
Yeah. I do want to point out one thing. Mm-hmm. I, I picked up on some stuff throughout uh, the movie. Like, even you mentioned that throughout the movie, like, oh, I've seen parodies of this. Oh, yeah. Like, it's a famous movie. There's tons of famous lines and whatnot, which we'll get into later. But one thing I noticed, and I must be a true movie and Star Wars geek if I notice this, but... It says the guy's wearing a Star Wars t-shirt. Right, I'm wearing, and I, are, I mentioned this, The Force Awakens. It's a Force Awakens shirt. I, <laughs> I wasn't even planning on that, but mm-hmm. I must be a real movie and Star Wars nerd if I realized this. There was this, um, there was this moment in the film, spoiler alert, that a man dies. He gets shot. I think, Or no, 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 he doesn't die. What happens is he tries to get arrested. He, he was tried words i'm gonna try that again because words are hard Mm -hmm. um this man was going to be arrested and he pulls a gun and shoots at a couple officers i can't remember if they died but the moment after there was this gigantic commotion rick walks in onto the floor and he he looks around at everybody says go back to your drinks or go back to your business you know Mm -hmm. nothing to see here oh yeah the floor of it he reassures everyone that it's just a distraction. Just move on. Enjoy your drinks. Mm-hmm. This is so weird that I picked up on this, but um, in episode two of Star Wars, <laughs> there's this chase scene mm-hmm. that ends up these two go into a club mm-hmm. and Obi-Wan goes to the bar for a drink. Anakin's looking for this person they've been chasing. And it's a really cool scene where the person, you see a close up, they pull up, pull out their gun. It looks like they're walking behind Anakin. Turns out they were behind Obi-Wan the whole time. But Obi-Wan senses it, turns around, Cuts off the person's hand with his lightsaber, and uh, she, <laughs> this girl, it was a girl, falls to the ground, and hurt. And Anakin walks around the floor of the club a little bit and says, "Jedi business, go back to your dreams." Oh yeah. And they carry her out, and that's the end of it. And I like it was a direct ripoff from this movie, which mm-hmm. is really cool. It shows how this movie has really reached a lot of people and um, really survived the time period it was made in. And the thing is about this movie, there's so much like references that you hear in modern day and that you would have no idea that they came from this movie. Yeah. So Especially like, like the, the current generation, like I knew, I knew the most famous line probably of all the gin joints and all the towns and all the world. She had to walk into mine. I knew that was from Casablanca. Mm-hmm. Um, well, one that I didn't know was from it. What was it like? I have a feeling that this is the start of a beautiful friendship. A beautiful yeah. friendship, Louis. I have a I have a feeling it's the start of a beautiful friendship. Um, yeah, you hear that all the time. All the time in other movies, other TV shows, mm-hmm. and yeah, it started here. And then, um, what's some other one? Uh, here's looking at you, kid. Oh yeah. So, um, which that one came up repetitively throughout the movie. Yeah, it was like Rick's catchphrase. Yeah. Well, he only with um, uh, only with Ilsa. Ilsa. Yeah. yeah. So it's kind of like a reference, like from when he first said it, which I think was what the first time they kissed, I think. Yeah, or, and that would have been in Paris, wouldn't it? Yeah. So I didn't even connect that until right now. Really? That's crazy. <laughs> they so it was really like so, a personal. Like, I think they almost did it. an "I love you." I bet. Yeah. Like, here, here's looking at you, kid. I, I kind of like an "I love you," like a "As You Wish" from Princess Bride. But I think every time, I could be wrong. I think every time they said it, he followed up with a kiss. I could I be wrong. I don't think so. Okay. But, yeah. It was definitely an emotional moment when he said it. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. That was, it, was, it was good. Mm-hmm. It was really good. I agree. This is the time of the show where I'm going to introduce a new segment. And we call this one... 
Who said it? Who said it? It is a quote from the film, and we are going to basically try to guess where it came from, who it came from, and what point of the movie did it come from. And so this isn't, uh, this will not be the quotes that we just named. It'll be smaller stuff, so it's going to be hard. Yeah. Right? Okay. It's going to be a game. Loser it has to do something that we will to be announced later to on. To be announced. Podcast. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. So, you know who said, yes, boss. Yes, boss. <laughs> We gotta guess Sam. Sam? No, actually, it was. Who was it? You know the like. <laughs> it was such a small character, but it was a um. Oh, was it Sasha, the bartender? Yeah, the bartender. Oh, the Russian bartender. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. Okay. okay. Uh, what about you? Uh. The Germans have outlawed miracles. Oh, that one. I remember that one too. I was gonna write it down, but I was like, no. Uh. I think it was Ferrari, right? Yeah, it was yes. Ferrari. <laughs> yes, sir. So we didn't mention Ferrari earlier, but it was, he uh-huh. was the other, um, he was the the, comp- the competing uh, bar mm-hmm. owner across the road, basically. To Rick's Cafe. To Rick's Cafe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Ferrari said the Germans have outlawed miracles. <laughs> because it's a reference to, like, you need to, a miracle to, to get out of here. Yes, exactly. And Germans outlawed that. Right. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty. So, um, something is on your mind. Why don't you give it? <laughs> What? I missed that one. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, is it Ilsa? No. No, who is it? It's Rick, the main man himself. Really? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I, when did he say it? Um, I think he said it when he was saying it to Ilsa. Like, she was like one of, the, like one of those dramatic, you know, look off in the distance yeah. thinking. And he was like, looks like something is on your mind. Why don't you just give it? <laughs> and I thought it was really funny, so I'd write it down. Okay. But, I like to think you killed a man. It's the romantic in me. Oh, who was that? I like to think you'd kill a man. It's the romantic in me. I want to say it is the officer. What's his name? Um, uh, Luis, I think. Louis, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'm two job. for two. Yes, sir. Good job. Okay. Um. All right, your turn. All right. They they put it on the bill, and I tear up the bill. That's it. It's very convenient. <laughs> yeah, that was Officer Louis too. Yeah. <laughs> he, was, he was like the comedic relief throughout the movie. Uh huh. He he had a lot of good one-liners. Mm-hmm. Him and um, Rick as well. Like they both were just like zinger, straight to the point. Yeah. And <laughs> it's kind of like a witty type of, you know, response almost every time. Okay. How about this? Maybe not today. Maybe not tomorrow. But soon and for the rest of your life. I feel like it was Rick. It was Rick. Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely Rick. Uh, the whole shout out to thoughtcatalog.com who has 50 of the best quotes from Casablanca. They have the whole thing on here. It says, I'm saying this because it's true. Inside of us, we both know you belong with Victor. You're part of his work, the thing that keeps him going. Mm-hmm. If that plane leaves the ground and you're not with him, you'll regret it. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon and for the rest of your life. Good. Um, Those are all good. Some yeah. good honorable mentions. Yeah. So I think that's all we have for this one segment that we like to call Who Said It? Who Said It? Who Said It? Awesome. And uh, who's the loser? Not really either of us. I got three for three. Uh, like, I didn't. I guess I'm the loser. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to discuss that in a oh, moment about man. what we're going to we'll post. Do. What the punishment is on our Instagram stories and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Oh, crap. <laughs> All right. So. All right. So for our final thing, wrapping up the show, guys, thanks so much for joining us. For sure. But. The very last thing we're going to do is something I like to call 
the after credit scene. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna we're gonna play a little sound clip for you from the next movie that we're gonna talk about, and we are not going to tell you what movie it is. You're just gonna have to figure it out. Uh, and if you get, it, get if you get it right, comment on our Instagram page. I'll post the sound clip there too, and uh, see if you can guess it. And we'll give you a shout out in the next pod if you do. So here we go. In three, two, one. There you go. See if you can figure it out. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us, and we will see you next time. Hope you enjoyed the show. Roll credits. Welcome to the Feature Film Podcast. This week, we're talking about a White House in World War II. Enjoy. Oh, sorry, I forgot the it's line. Good. <laughs> uh, enjoy the show. Yeah. Enjoy the show. Is what I'm, okay, I got a little nervous. Saying. Okay, yeah. Got you. Oh, my bad. All right. Welcome to the... Oh, frick. <laughs> Bloopers. Yeah, really. It's right. good. Welcome to the Feature Film Podcast. I was going to say my name, and then I stopped, so we're going to start over. <laughs>